All right, everybody, welcome to the Cleveland Moto Podcast. We're terribly sorry we took a two-week vacation for you fine people. Hey, it's rally season. We went out and lived our lives. Uh, we were traveling around, going to rallies and things of that nature. So we join you uh, staring down the barrel of Hurricane. Hey. Oh. Hi, Maya. Hey, Maya, what's up? She's like, what are take my people take my doing in my garage? <laughs> I've got flooding in my basement. I've got strange men in my garage. Good night, sweetie. The, uh, we're going to get uh, oh. probably four to five inches of rain here in Cleveland in the next couple of hours, apparently. <laughs> so uh, Noah's Ark is being feverishly built on in Avon Lake. Well, I got my first insurance check today. So. Right. You can always tell rain season in the 45s because it's when the carpet crawls out of the basement and crawls out to the curb. <laughs> and if you see mountains of carpet and pad, you'll know we've been getting some heavy rain. Carpet. And then, and then you get the flyer that says, there'll be a special garbage, special garbage this Monday. Because right? they don't want to have the carpet Genesis. sitting out there fermenting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, last week we had some heavy rains, and then we're about to have some more today. Which these rains normally hit in early May. But they're really, you know, our weather is about uh, six weeks behind schedule right now. You can thank Harp for that. Yes, exactly. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, hey, you know what? I won't be bitching in October when right. it feels like September. When it feels like September and October, right. Exactly. For 20 minutes. Yeah, well, that's that's all right. Well, during the day. So tonight in the podcast, we've got Johnny Crone. Hello. We've got Steve Hoffert. Hello. Chris Smith. Hey, guys. And Dustin Elliott. Hey. And in two weeks. And Phil Waters. That's right. Your humble narrator. We're like the here. rat pack of the, we really are. And of the, the podcast here. Oh, you know? the rat pack. Here's what I want to tell you is in two weeks, so much has fucking happened in our podcast. One, let's just get right to the point. Why is there a police car in our driveway? (laughs) Well, that's not actually the car I bought this week. I bought that one a few months ago. Okay. Where have you been hiding that fucker? Well, I had that. I rode that. uh, I drove that in the winter and my son wanted it because he liked to go creep up behind people. It's a Crown Vic. Yeah. Covered in Oberlin Police uh, Department, very new, questionably, cla- you know, black spray painted out. Yeah. So uh, I, I actually sold it to my, I gave it to my son, and uh, my daughter, and I, I had to give my Volvo to my daughter. Right. And she blew up the Volvo. <gasps> oh no! How Why dare you say it? Now. <gasps> Seriously? Yeah. She. Uh, I don't know how somebody could. How do you blow up a Volvo? Four. Smashed all four corners of the car. Right. Uh, tore the sidewall out of one wheel. <gasps> broke she didn't blow it up. Mount. She biblically crashed it. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Broke the motor mount. <laughs> How are the control arms, front struts, and axles? Are they any good? Actually, I replaced the front struts. <laughs> I did. Nice. Because apparently we yeah. know a guy that needs those. <laughs> hey, she where do I get right. one of those well, t-shirts? She's an overachiever there. Oh, there's yeah. more. I just so, put that sticker on my car. She ended up taking my Prius. Oh, did she? Oh, okay. No. So I... Instead of instead, and so this week I bought a '72 Chevy dump truck. Oh, <laughs> what? For but what? Instead of driving that, I got the Crown Vic back to drive until. Why did you buy a '72 Chevy dump truck? Like yeah, a one time? Car shows. Like yeah, a one time. Car shows. Because you have one ton of manure, you just need to leave in somebody's yard without letting them know about it. Oh, it's so awesome! It's ammo. So here we go. Burnout. <laughs> what's, Ready? What's, burnout. Here we go. Diesel burnout. Wow. That got a little left and then a whole lot of right on a limited slip. Has <laughs> well, is Justin just been doing that? Yeah, he's just been doing that lately. He's just been doing smoky burnouts. In if front he of your sees house. me in the garage, there's a burnout. There's, there's a burnout. lines across. Oh, my really? Yeah, my wife's getting sick of it. It's a actually. turbo diesel burnout. Mm-hmm. It's a psychobilly freakout. 
It's a psychobilly freak out. <laughs> I love it's that a turbo song. diesel burnout. It's a good song. So wait, is it a three fifty four speed? Right with. Whopping five fourteen gears. Five fourteen gears. Oh. Or like whatever they call it, like stay lock. Stay lock. Five fourteen. Yeah. Five fourteen. So, so now it can I go forty eight miles an hour. Yeah, so you only need fourth gear. Right. I can stop borrowing <laughs> Phil's Tundra to get my mulch yeah. now. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and you're more than welcome to use it. And does the piston work for the dumper? Oh, yeah. It's great. Really? Excellent. I used to drive that same truck with the landscaping and company. And you can put historical plates on it. Right. The insurance company said, you want uh, the antique collector's car yeah. uh, insurance for this? It's super cheap. I'm like, why not? Why not? Like, sure. Send us some pictures of it. I'm yeah. like, it might have to be Photoshopped. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about monochrome? <laughs> so it's camouflage? It's camouflage. Wow. I painted the bed with a tannic, like a tannic, tannic acid yeah. solution. Yeah. And it's... It's and is the bed all wavy gravy sheet metal? Because it's been abused yeah. with hauling like gravel it's and shit. Welded again, and, yeah. you know, it's, again, it's, and again, and again, and again. <laughs> again, and again. I, I so want to borrow that to get mulch now. You're more than welcome to use it. I mean, it's it has three point five inches of suspension travel, yeah. but only at one point five tons. Three point five inches of suspension travel and seven point three inches of spring pack. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and your kidneys are always like next to your ears oh, yeah. when you're driving. So. My old man used to have a one ton dump in it. It rode like a Cadillac mm-hmm. with about five and a with half about tons, five tons in it. In it. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> when you got that thing loaded with wet mulch or yeah. with, with, you know, pea stone or something, oh, it rode yeah. great. Well, so podcast related, you guys know, I'm sure if you're listening. We Cycle have, related. Well, no, podcast related. Oh. We have a fucking bus. And our 24 passenger <laughs> bus, this, this last weekend at the Band Camp Scooter Rally, had 31 souls on board. <laughs> 31 grown ass adults well, with seating for about nine and the rest were on mattresses and laps and whatever I was going to say you do stack people up we do stack camp, people so. up in the back yeah that's right we had 31 souls on board as we traversed the rugged and mountainous twisties of southern Ohio down by uh, East Liverpool to Steubenville and if we, any of you have uh, ridden in a vehicle with Phil at oh. the helm You'll know that being packed in that tight is not fun. No, no, it's awesomely fun. It's like a t- free ticket to Cedar Point. The oh, you with Henry the on the dragon part. was amazing, especially when I strapped into the jump seat and yeah. opened the side van yeah. door, and I'm like looking over a cliff, and Phil's just. <laughs> I believe in using every inch of the road provided to me by the state, and we used and in the bus, we were hammer down. As you could be going through the rolling twisties of southern Ohio uh, by the Ohio River. We went to Austin Lake with 31 people on board. And coming up the roads out of Austin Lake, we were... This is like a weird thing about engineering and vehicles and stuff. We were going 12. But we were going. Like, we may have only been going 12. But we were going 12. We were 26,500 pounds in a turbo diesel, and the computer and the transmission were saying, you can go 12. And then when we got to the, the flatter parts, the downhill parts, we were going 16, you know, 65 and stuff. And Can you do burnouts like Justin? No! <laughs> no. If you put, like, 12 people over the rear tires. No, because we were in wet grass, and we got stranded axle That's easy. Deep. Axle deep. 
Uh, I saw you had to get pulled up by you a tractor. See the pictures? Yeah, no, it wasn't a tractor. A... We burned up two perfectly good tractors trying to get that bus out. Oh, wait, you couldn't find like a twig and put it around like in Mad Max and pull yourself right. out? And pull yourself out with a two twig? People, two people with a ground anchor? AKA twig? Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. No, we called in a hillbilly. No. <laughs> a human of Appalachian origin. Uh, we called him in on Sunday, gave him $100, a 12-pack of beer, and a Nemeth's Lounge beer koozie, and some fried <laughs> and chicken that we had left over. There's going to be a cherry That's on top. That's the one that closed the deal there. <laughs> and he brought his Ford 450 Super Duty circa 1978 to 82 welding support truck with 200 to 300 feet of bodged together cables and or chains. We found like seven weakest links. And he was way up on the gravel where the purchase was good. And we were way out in the sippy hole. And it just proves with a long enough cable and a good place to stand, you can move the world. And he, he snatched the bus up out of the uh, crevasses that we had created with the tires. So we were trying to ride the track. What's that? Were you trying to ride the track? I was just trying to get back to my awesome camp spot that the Jedi Knight Scooter Club had built. Like, we built this awesome Ewok village. It was perfect for camping and had our own fire. It looked in the photo like you were trying to take the bus on the track. It did. Well, we were on the circle track. We were on the flat track uh, on the quarter mile So you were on the track. It was just we we had to go to get where we were going. But we created a whole new hazard. So, like, (laughs) we were turn fours. Like, turn one is always sketchy because the the water gets dumped there and the fireworks. Because, like, literally, the sand people are shooting fireworks at you as you're trying to get through turn one. <laughs> turn two is normally just drunks and campsite. Turn three is wide open. You can make serious speed through turn three. But turn four was always, like, no trouble. Well, now turn four had a fucking 24-pack school bus in it. And we had the lights on for the race. So, uh, turn four, which is normally 75 feet wide, was, like, 22 feet wide of sheer mud pit. Like, nobody could hook up in there. Um, the BW200, the Yamaha BW200, the Big Wheel 200, is the perfect vehicle for nothing on this planet except Bandcamp in the mud. Because it was unfugging stoppable. And we were pulling people on inflatable pool devices at 30 plus miles an hour. Yeah, it was fucking great. And you're not living until you've seen Shamu the Killer Whale being ridden at 30 miles an hour by a drunk 250-pound man with no shirt on, just eating mud. Is that Wayne Robinson? That was Wayne Robinson, yeah, at some point. Several times. All I yeah. saw, he looked like Lord of the Flies. Dude, every him? picture I saw of him and his girlfriend, him and his girlfriend toe in were... mud and barely any clothes on. Yes, Arnold Schwarzenegger in The Predator did not have better heat camouflage than these two had. At some point, I couldn't see them. They just blended in. And I'm pretty sure the dirt at band camp is cut with at least 50-50 manure. Because the smell is just off. Oh, God, this smells terrible. I brought the bus home, and I learned that you can power wash the inside of a bus. You just put their garbage bags over the electronic departs, and then you just go crazy with the power washer inside the bus. And the smell just kept coming up. And when I did the under, like the wheel wells and everything else, it was just there. But was that another time we were like, sorry, neighbors? Oh, no, 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 no. They were standing there watching me do all this. And they're like, so where did you go? And I was like, safari. Uh, a little place called New Orleans. We were in the Katrina response vehicle. Camping in the We went camping in the stuff, mud pits. Yeah. It was really fun. But that was a good time. The bus, uh, the bus has definitely proved its metal. 
and uh, has earned its earned its stripes. The uh, it was well done. They're making cocktails over there. It's pretty nice. I like that. There you go. Tonight I'm drinking the Great Lakes Brewing Company Sharpshooter Session Actually, Wheat IPA. I can't it was delicious. I'm gonna grab one. Yeah. A wheat IPA. Boy, are they mashing up the flavors, huh? Dude, it's really good. It's so drinkable. Have it one. Is, it's a wheat session. Yeah, it's a wheat session. It's really good. So, so that's so obscure because right. years ago you would have a wheat or you'd have an IPA exactly. or, or you'd have a session. Oh, yeah. right. Now Never the twain shall meet. And well, now the, we've got the, all the, three the in one. The session's always been a form of IPA. It's oh. just, it's the, wow. Know, the session's always been a low alcohol. Repsado tequila, Luna Zool. That's the blue moon, citrus. man. The blue the moon, like Luna Zool. It's such really good. This is, yeah. this is Alisco, man. This is man. shit right oh, okay. here. So you can sit around and drink at 4.5% alcohol. Yeah. Wow. So basically it's a low-grade IPA, nice. which I can appreciate because oh, I like God. to drink a lot of Hey, IPAs. announcement, announcement. Announcement, Just announcement, announcements. Saxonheim, tomorrow evening, yeah. sausage fest. Nice. 17 different kinds of sausage Made yesterday. Because two weeks ago at the Amerivesper Alley, it was Ugh. a totally different sausage fest. I didn't want any part of it. Well, let me tell you. <sighs> habanero mango sausage. Yeah, yeah. always that, a good time. How's yeah. that sound? Sounds really good. How does that grab your testicles? Um, I'm reading this right here because this is... Uh, That's a long This is the right Lunazul tequila. Light. It says, and this is my favorite yeah. byline, Lunazul tequila. Really? Let the smooth taste of Luna Zool stir the wolf that lives inside you. <laughs> As Phil takes a sip. All right, Wolfie. Man. Oh, that's pretty good sipping tequila. Mm. Yeah, so that's bad. just downright just hammering tequila. That can't be. Any, <laughs> can't that, get it in Ohio. That's that left the white can't tequila. be any higher than forty percent. I mean, it is made in Mexico, but that is smooth and delicious. That is. That is twenty-one dollars and fifty cents worth of bad idea. Kick the dog tequila. No, it's it's forty percent. It's right on the money. Yeah, they it's, don't advertise. No, that is that is forty percent agave. It is. It's delicious, and it's one liter for twenty one dollars. So anywhere you are, in New York, that's a good time. Steve bought two of those. He did. Well, that's a good night out. See, that's what I like about yeah. Evan Williams Bourbon is they don't advertise or any of that either. Right. Except for now they do advertise because, well, social media is free. Social media is free. Yeah. Right. So they're, they're all, over, they're all yeah. over Facebook and everything yeah. now, and they're getting a little more popular. Yeah. Which sucks for me because the prices are going up. The prices are. Yeah. But they were, is, they were my go-to, like, this is a pretty, bourbon. This is a straight-ahead, you can down this. This is a tequila that you can down in a hurry. Like, this is not like, oh, I'm going to take a shot and be like, hey, hey. No, this is... You could properly fucking drink that stuff. Please tell me when you need to down tequila in a hurry. Oh, my God. When you can't get your clothes off fast enough, like, tequila, it it makes my clothes fly off. It's it's (laughs) amazing. Yeah. When I drink tequila, it keeps me awake. Tequila. Really? You said you weren't skinny dipping tonight. Tequila (laughs) Mockingbird. Yeah. Yeah. There's, like... It's... You said so you that keeps you that. awake. It's, it's weird. It's the only so. alcohol that I can drink that actually keeps me alert and awake. It energizes you. Right. Can you? Tequila. Yeah. I got in this <laughs> argument with a barmaid one day, and she's like, I'll bet you a hundred bucks that it's that it, uh, it it's a depressant, just like every other one. Doesn't but, matter. But you know... Uh, I can be guy, wide awake and depressed. That cool guy at uh, Porco, the John... Mm. John, is that his name? John Bernard. John Bernard. John Bernard. Our ginger ninja. Told me that it is a stimulant. <laughs> Fucking tequila is exactly what your brain decides to make of it at that moment. Right. It's whatever you need. Tequila is a crazyant. It is. It is a crazyant. Yeah, that, that and gin fall in the crazyant category oh, really? of alcohol. Yeah. yeah, gin has a pretty reliable effect on me. Tequila, though, is usually gasoline will be involved. 
Yeah. Like, <laughs> tequila yeah. usually goes well. It mixes well with gas. Well, like, Gene used to be like, uh, when, when back when Shane yeah, was man. married to uh, his ex-wife, yeah. uh, when we would go so over there. Watch. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> when, when we would go over there and we saw the bottle of tequila, we're like, yeah, it's going to be a fucking really it's interesting be a night. really interesting night. Because yeah. it cued the crazy in her well, and Well, because Canadians, Canadians should never drink tequila because they're incompatible. Canada is, Mac- is America's hat, right? Like, no, she wasn't drinking tequila. Stick- she was drinking gin. Oh, she was drinking gin. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, not good with gin. Or, so, te- or tequila either, for that yeah, matter. Right. Never mind. I've always seen <laughs> Canadians tend to get really weird when they drink tequila. It's just too far from where they're yeah, natural. Yeah, they're good on yeah. like, whiskey, and they're okay with whiskey vodka. Whiskey and beer, they're fine. Yeah, they're okay, and, and vodka, whiskey, great. beer, vodka, yeah, but yeah. other than that, just... Those just, are the spirits of their people. Yeah. But when they start messing around animals. with... When snowbacks start messing with wetbacks, it's a bad idea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh-oh. That's a bad thing. Settle down over there. We lost our Mexican <laughs> listener. See <Sorry>. Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> Oscar did great this weekend. Oscar, who's did been on the podcast. Did he make it to No. No, but Vesca? he made it to band camp. Oscar made it to band camp like a motherfucker. Rode in with me in the did bus. Did Tom make it to band camp? Tom. Which Tom? From New Orleans. Yes. Uh, yeah, I was going to say his goal was to make it to Tom band camp. Tom tried to single-handedly kill my Yamaha Zuma 50. Yeah. Which, as we all know, Impossible. is unkillable. Right. But he tried. He tried. He did like a thousand million laps on the Zuma 50 in the muddiest mud you've ever seen. The photographs are epic. If you go to Bandcamp and Facebook, you can see it. It's crazy. It's just, just carnage. It's... I keep calling it Van Camp. No, it's Van Camp. That's oh, no. Van Camp is totally different. Yeah. It's Vamp Camp. But Van Camp would be pretty awesome. We should play no, that one. Two percent of rallies are not what they're cracked up to be. Van Camp. Is seriously too many old people. Like it would be, either be a lot of vans or a lot yeah. of very rich old men going, hey, shit, oh, how are you doing? Who are going to the veranda? <laughs> Mr. Van Camp. The, Mr. Van uh, Der Camp. Tom Pennington single handedly <laughs> wins just, I will not stop band camping. Like he just would not stop. I saw his post he's making on Facebook for head yeah. out there. He's like, ah, ah. He was like, like no, he, Viking gung ho. He attacked Bandcamp with a degree of tenacity that he wanted to ride out there on yeah. some shitty little yeah, piece of shit scooter. Didn't matter. He had a great time. He owned. Did it. he make it on the scooter? Or he no, drove? he rented a car. Or something. I thought yeah. so. He'd be great. <laughs> Everyone that showed up had a great time, despite the fact the entire weekend was underwater because we decided not we. The Pittsburgh Vintage Scooter Club decided that Bandcamp this year should be called Rumspringa. And they made fun of Amish. Like, you showed up dressed as an Amish person. All the events were Amish-related. We were making fun of Amish people. Let's just call it what it was. And God didn't like that. So God was like, okay, I'm out of locusts and frogs. I'll give you a flood. And he gave us a fucking flood. And that place turned into a 26-acre mud pit. And it was truly getting in touch with the marrow of this planet. Like, it was... I took my shoes off. At some point, and they were Merrill, like aqua socks kind of things that are like you know designed to go up mountains. I took them off because at least when I was barefoot, I could feel my feet losing purchase, and I could dig in with my toes, like <laughs> because I was falling down too much in the Merrills. And people just got to the point where it was like, I'm going to be wet and naked, or I'm going to be a mud person. Oh, and yeah, and they were many and that is deep, every photo I saw from Bandcamp on Facebook. Yeah, we did go to the exactly. lake and we rented three pontoon boats. We had piracy on pontoon boats, which I strongly recommend. If you have not done pontoon boat piracy, <laughs> they're like 
they're yelling at us, you have too many people on the pontoon boat as we are maximum reverse throttling away from the docks. Going, but just fucking stop us. You know? You have my credit card. We'll be back when we're back. I was going to say, did you scuttle another pontoon boat for their beer? No, but no, you didn't need to. We were so overprepared. And uh, it was pouring down rain while we were out on the pontoon boats. And honestly, you can only be so wet. And at one point when you're At some point you're just like, fuck it. Yeah, at some point you are the liquid that is surrounding you. And you can you can assume any shape. And you can also, like, alter. Yeah, you can. When you're liquid, you can become anything. Uh, it's pretty fantastic. Until the trench no. foot sets. <clears throat> I, I actually had trench yeah. elbow at some point. I was I was that deep in the mud. But it was a good time. And you can like, assume. <clears throat> yeah. Must be good. And you've never really appreciated the versatility of a 70s Vespa scooter until you've seen it with the nastiest, hairiest knobbies on it, <laughs> sliding sideways past you at 35 miles an hour with a guy with a beer in his hand. And he's in complete control. Like, he is not, he is not losing control. He has control. And he has figured out the control of slip and mud and slide and aiming this way but going that way. And the mud shower is spectacular. I mean, it was a good fucking weekend. It was... The perfect contrast to the weekend before <coughs> in Indianapolis, which was the Ameravespa rally, or as I for now on will call it, the Ameriplastic rally, because there were more plastic scooters at this place. I took out seven lovely running vintage scooters. Most of them had titles and had them bargain priced between $500 and $2,000. My number one question of the weekend was, um, yes, can, uh, so what can we do to make this an automatic transmission so my wife can ride it? Fuck you. These are vintage <laughs> scooters. They are made of steel. They have two strokes. And they spew noxious toxins into the environment. They make eagles fall from the sky. Yes, they do. And they and put their head on are fantastic. This <laughs> is a show of honor. Awesome at turning gasoline and oil into noise and into smoke. Noise and smoke and freedom. Yeah. yeah. America. America. All needs is a machine gun and a cheeseburger. Have you seen the eagle with the Joe Dirt wig? This is America. Have yeah, well. Seen, have you seen the guy in the utility scooter with the uh, fucking big gulp and the machine gun? Yeah. yeah. Well, we were on the pontoon boat trip, and as we're cruising along in this beautiful pristine lake called Austin Lake and we should really do a motorcycle rally there sometime because it is a beautiful place to do a motorcycle rally all the roads coming to and from it are genius motorcycle roads and we're pontooning along and we see as though it were not real a bald eagle perched on a tree branch looking so majestic you're like I'm watching Colbert and yeah it, it was, we, <laughs> we pulled around and as we are sitting there popping beverages and being debaucherous we're like Bald Eagle. And we're like, oh, Bald Eagle. And e even the Canadians were impressed. And like, we're like, Bald Eagle, Bald Eagle. And just then, the Bald Eagle took the giantest seven-foot-long shit I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and we were like, a big, long, white, stripey, ropey fucking shit. <laughs> right? You should have said, he knows we're the Canadians. All out of the Bald Eagle. <laughs> and the Bald Eagle did that. And I was like, turning rodents into freedom. <laughs> and that's what it was. It was so perfect. You're yeah, free now. So nice. Uh, but yeah, it. I got yelled at a Maravespa. We were three of us. The police asked us to free up the street. We had the street until like midnight or something. But then we found a tiki bar. 
So we parked Imagine up. Imagine that. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so we parked In up. Indianapolis? Yeah, Indiana. right? Phil has Tiki Raybar. Radar. <laughs> no, actually, I pulled up. you to say. Yeah. I pulled up with the Tundra. I dumped all the bikes out of the trailer. I put the Tundra parked there. I parked all the scooters out in front. Didn't bother setting up a pop-up because the winds were fierce and the rain was coming. So I left the tents down. And then this guy, two dudes walked up in really, like, nice, te- like, Hawaiian shirts. <coughs> I was like, you had better have a tiki bar to go with those shirts. And the guy was like, yeah, I own the coffee shop over there. And in the back is a fully laid on tiki bar. My friends. <laughs> uh, my people. Do, so, do they just kind of gravitate towards you? They must. Yeah, they must. They, they get they, within your orbit? It was <laughs> less than 100 they get, feet. They get pulled in? Oh, it was less than 100 feet from where my bikes were. Jeez, and so we put phone numbers on the bikes, and we retreated to the tiki bar, and we did everything they could do. Um, I don't even know what happened. Our four-top table turned into a 40-top. I mean, Seriously. The bar was full of lizard creatures, and some damn fool had given them alcohol, as Hunter S. Thompson would say. The uh, I needed golf shoes. And, and as yeah. far as you know right now, there's a tiki bar owner in Indianapolis that loves That you. loves us. Uh, he even <laughs> offered to let me park my trailer in his gated-in lot. Nice. Because there weren't, they weren't, hadn't made really good provisions for people bringing trailers. So he was nice enough to let, and he's a British bloke, too. So he opened up a tiki bar, as, as you do in Indianapolis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're, when British, you're British. What right? else would you yeah. do? Yeah. What else do you do? That it all makes sense. But, and our waiters, I'm sorry, our waitresses were a pair of matched twins. Oh. Identical, girl, beautiful twins. And mm. it took me like 90 seconds to realize. I was like, my server changed shirts. Nope, there's two of them. Oh my <clears> God. <throat> Fuck, man, right? This is so cool. Oh, we had a great time. So the police came and told us we only had the street until midnight, so we had to move everything off the street. Well, then there's like seven scooters. And you're like, ha, fool on you, we're drunk. Right. (laughs) (laughs) We can't move shit. Oh, no. Oh, no. We persevered. And uh, we had to shuttle the scooters around the block to where the trailer was. So at one point we realized if we put three people on a scooter, <laughs> we could then get two more scooters because three on one equals three coming back. And so we were three of us on a 66 Allstate Vespa. And these weren't like... That's cozy. No, and, and we were all like 17 sheets. And we're like, get on. Okay, now you get on too. Well, no, you can't do that. Why not? Well, you can't do three people on a scooter. I'm, my friend Adriel is here, and he says we can. So It's got a rack. He's the one. No, no racks, just three people nut to butt. And uh, it was like me, Adriel, and some girl we don't know. Well, we know her now, but we didn't know her then. And we are like, can you ride a scooter? And she goes, I can ride a scooter. And I was like, then you're fucking hired. And we had random people we were just grabbing and being like, you're going to drive that to the trailer. And they're like, I've been drinking. I'm like, good. Then you won't notice Get how there po- fast. you won't <laughs> notice how poorly it shifts. Don't crash, right? Right. And do you want to buy it? Right. Then you probably won't resist as hard when I tell you to ride on the sidewalk because the street's closed in that direction. And we and did. Can we you say in this title. We we managed to load the bikes up safely and got the fuck out of there. Um, we did jump the tundra. Somebody left the key in the on position in the tundra, and we jumped the tundra off of a 1955 go-go roller. <laughs> Oh and, no! Yeah, no, we used a 1955 go-go roller. You ran to, over the go-go roller? No, no, we jumped it. No, j- jump, jumped. We jumper cabled it. 
Oh fuck! No 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 no! I'm like thinking you're like like Duke's a hazard, the tundra over the go-go roller. I'm like holy shit! That's we used the ample. They were really drinking that night. We used the ample charging power with the go-go roller. We used the we used the excessive amperage of a 1955 German scooter to jumpstart a 2008 Toyota truck. Excellent. And it worked great. Just don't do it in reverse, or you end up with the charging system I have in my Suzuki right now. Okay, so a little bit about your uh, your DRZ. Yeah. So your DRZ, it just doesn't make electrons anymore. Nope, none. No neutrons. Uh, well, it's no it's getting close. Uh, yeah. The new battery went in and yeah. it still was not quite charging up. You know, mm, yeah. give it throttle. It's like oh, I want to do like twelve point five, twelve point six. That's no, a, no good. That's a lazy voltage regulator or a lazy stator. I got a new stator, new voltage. Oh regulator. well, there you go. So I replaced the voltage reg- regulator today, and I'm like, I'll test it. Right. With the regulator, it's getting up like 12.9. Stator. Yep. Yeah. So I took it out for a hot rip. I, t- I tested the battery before I went. It was like 12.74. Right. So I ripped the shit out of it around yeah, Avon yeah, Lake. Yeah. I mean, you need gas anyway. Sure. So I, I gassed up, and I just, I mean, I honked that high RPM right. and just pissed everyone off everywhere. And got back, and it was down to like 12.24. No, that's not so feeding. It's, it's stator. Yeah, it's not I feeding. It's eating. Yeah. yeah, I tested the stator, and it's showing continuity at all its contacts. So. Right. It's grounding out. Yeah. So I've got the stator in the box over okay. there. It'll go oh, in. There you go. Yeah. After, after I tear the shit out of my basement tomorrow, I'll yeah, ma- maybe get a stator in my bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well, there you go. But so, hey, on the plus side, yeah. I got all the parts for 100 bucks. That's amazing. Wow. Uh, by the way, do you know I had to return that battery to you? Mm-mm. Yeah, it didn't fit in the bike. Hey, whatever. It's the weirdest <laughs> ass size battery. I had to order it. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I took it back. I gave it to James. I just ordered I, some I new batteries. I figured James or Renee would tell you. They don't tell me anything, and I fucking like it that way. <clears throat> they know. They know. If you can handle the shit, don't tell the boss. Yeah, I, I brought yeah. it back to him. I told him, I was no. like, Phil brought me this battery. I didn't pay for it, so you don't owe me any money right. back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it didn't fit my bike. So what about that situation required them contacting me? Nothing. There were no lawyers involved. The fact that I don't right. owe you money for the battery. That's okay. They're fine. <laughs> All right, they're fine. That's that's totally okay. But yeah, you know, not bad. Uh, the, the thing I'm thinking the dude did with this bike, the, the, yeah. the bike was weird. Just by chasing down the title, I realized after I transferred the title, he had registered the bike three weeks before he sold it to me. Oh, wow. So I'm thinking he clean bought... Clean title's a clean title. I know. Yeah. I'm thinking he bought the bike over the wintertime. Right. He put all his little parts on it that yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. All, all the money that I didn't want to spend. Oh, I was really like to say, he accessorized before he knew that it was functional. Right. Right. And uh, probably in the springtime when he wanted to go ride it, was like, oh, my battery's dead, and jumped it with his car. Yeah. And fried the whole fucking system. Yeah. Well, there you Possible. go. So that's that's my my detective guesswork. Yeah. You know, or it was fried before he got it, and he looked up Suzuki's part numbers. Because if you look up Suzuki's part numbers, that's about an $800 job right there. Oh, wow. With, yeah, l- no with labor. Yeah, with labor and uh, getting a stator and all that, all those parts off of the Suzuki, you're looking at 800 bucks there. Wow. So that's something. Yeah, so he might have been thinking like I'm just offing this thing to this guy, not knowing right. that I'll do it for hundred bucks and Wow. And have me a damn good DRZ. Yeah, exactly. That's fucking well, I mean It's hey. amazing how far the bike will run on just the battery. Oh yeah. Well, a good battery too. Like you know, you get yeah. a good battery, they they well, even they on the ship it. battery that was in it, yeah. and we low I load tested that battery and it was done. Yeah. I mean I put two hundred some miles on that battery. Well, there you go. But the charging system was feeding a little bit to right. it. Right, yeah. So it wasn't like it wasn't feeding It wasn't feeding zero. Yeah. It just wasn't feeding enough to keep it properly charged. I just ordered a bunch of batteries from the shop, for the shop, from a new company that does, uh, now they're not lithiums, they're not lipos, 
but they're just regular gel, you know, AGM and gel batteries. But That's what they I have that. on the top of the battery, they have a display. So built into the top of the battery, press the button, a digital readout. That's genius. Yeah, an LCD, that is actually an genius. LCD readout to give you the state of the battery. And that's kind of smart. You know, literally mm-hmm. press a little thing on the top of the battery and tells you 80%. Well, it's like 60%. looking at your phone. Uh, yep, Boop. I agree. Hey, and that's, uh, so that's I my ordered, charge. I ordered a few of them. We'll see how the quality is. <clears throat> the uh, It's not from a well-known company that I've done business with in the past, so I'm going to be careful. I'm only going to order, you know, one of each size and see how they work out. Well, I but, have to dig back into my uh, 350 over there. Yeah. I, I forget what the make of that battery was, yeah. but it was whatever the cheapest fucking thing I could find on eBay was. Mm-hmm. It's a three amp hour, tiny it's ass. It's a lithium. A- AGM. Oh, it's an AGM. Okay, yeah, yeah, so I can mount it sideways under the seat. That battery has been in that bike for seven years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kick, the bike's kickstart right. only. Kickstart only, yeah. So it doesn't have so, any big draw. You're yeah, not asking it to do anything. But that hard. that battery, yeah. I have never put it on a battery tender. Yeah. Nothing. It will fire up every year, and yeah. I mean. I need to pull it out just because it's hidden under the seat. Well, I have to look at it and figure out what the company is. I'm like, I'm going to buy these. The more. price of lithium batteries, <clears throat> the price of lithium batteries has dropped so Stimulated. much in the past six months. It's really, it's kind of exciting. I saw that. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> you know, you got to thank cell phones. And well, you have to be that. careful of those. There's a lot of there's a lot of questionable Chinese companies getting into that lithium battery market. But if they explode so, and they're right under your seat. Well, and we have seen videos of, and uh, Liza from uh, the folks out at Recycle Garage in Santa Cruz, the Motorcycles and Misfits, she has had one of her lithium batteries turn into a volcano. So, you know, so that is a thing. It exists in the world. So, uh, I like the Odysseys. Yeah. I've used Odyssey batteries and (coughs) same thing. Seven years and Goldwing, they can go totally dead. Right. They charge right back they come up back. and they're perfectly yeah. fine. So. A good quality battery, whether it's an AGM or even a lead acid, provided it's a good quality battery, tends to bounce back pretty solid. Believe. You know, that battery that was in the DRZ, yeah. remember we were, you know, when I was helping yeah. to load up the scooters yeah. late at night, you are like, oh, it's going to be YTX7. Right, yeah. So YTX7 was too fat. No, but it was still a YTX7, but it was a tall 7. Yeah, that, that's so a, it was YT, a YT7. It was a YT7B. No X. Right. Yeah, exactly. it's YT7B. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So that Sorry, we just lost everybody out Squirrel. there. Squirrel. Squirrel. Oh, no. Well, it's, yeah. We're talking about motorcycle stuff. Right. Yeah. So I took it back, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> James and Renee were telling me different places to go around. They're like, oh, these places should still be open. So right. I'm going, they're cross-referencing in their manuals. They're right. like, no, it's this battery. I know. And I'm holding my battery next to it. I'm like, it is it clearly is not, not battery. that battery. Yeah. They're like, well, want to fit? I'm like, no. See, this battery is the exact size right. of my battery box. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And they're like, but my manual says it's that battery. I know. And they went to every manual, like, I went to three places. And that's why with lithiums now, the lithiums are all smaller than whatever battery they're replacing. So it's not a question of fitment. It's a question of what do you put in around the battery to make stop that fit, to stop it from yeah. jumping around. Right. Just old cigarette packs, pieces right. of cardboard. That's one nice thing about the Shirai's. Right. Is they, they come, come with, with an arsenal of foam. Yeah, they <laughs> right. come with enough so that yeah. you have it left over. Yeah. To they do, have enough you packing know. material. You can put your tool kit in there. Yeah. It is a great place for an extra tool kit. Absolutely. Um, so your... Harley Davidson has started leaking not only oil but now gasoline. Well, it's supposed to leak oil. Okay. Yeah, yeah right. it leaks right. gasoline. I went home. I have, I have a collection of <clears throat> photographs of your motorcycle parked in different places with uh, oil spill underneath really? it. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every time I see your bike, I always take a picture of it with the puddle underneath it. Just to just be like, you know. So anybody's like, well, you know, Harleys or whatever, British Harleys. I always be like, take a look at these 17 pictures. Yeah. 
So what is the gas, gas these tank days I'm gonna, was the gas tank cranked? One, cracked? Of, these, one of these days I'm going to evict the time, uh, evict the uh, primary chain and put oh, a belt in there. Put a belt in there, yeah, and yeah. you won't need to worry about it. And I, it won't right. leak anymore. It won't leak anymore. That's where it leaks from. Um, right. I went is home. that why they belt drive them? No, no but well, yeah. just, I thought that was just a. I went home and I smelled fuel a little cool bit, day. but yeah. I mean, I've been smelling fuel all day at the shop, and I, yeah. I thought it was in my head. So oh. Went inside, sat in the living room. Hey, bring me some donuts. <laughs> While you're over there, Chris's exhaust. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> that is not Chris's exhaust. No, but he's exhausted. Oh, he's exhausted. Oh. Here, hold this. So the living room set down. Squirrel. Yeah. Looked out the window at the squirrels. Donuts. Right. Donuts. But sat down next to the open window, and I'm probably thirty to thirty-five feet from my garage, which yeah. is closed. <clears throat> right. And I'm smelling fuel. And the wife goes, "Do you have a gas can out on the breezeway?" No, yes, so you know I, I I better go check this out. I do. So I went out. Harley Davidson. There's not a puddle, but I mean there's there's a larger <laughs> spot of petroleum based liquid on the floor. It's wetting faster than it can evaporate. Yeah, yeah. It, there's a large well, there's a larger you know spot than normal. I know. And then I realize it's fuel. Right. And uh, it is the, the, the right hand tank. Right. And it's where the, these are not uh, for for people that know the difference in the tanks. Right, they're not flat side tanks. No. They're the old, yeah, the, uh, the contoured. Ones, yeah, yeah the, you like a beverage. I got one. I got it, one. It's oh. the the seam between the top of right. the uh, stamping and the the inside. The side. Yeah, it's just uh, somebody wanted to make the <clears> tops <throat> nice. So after yeah. the, uh, I don't know what they used. Does Bondo get rubbery? It's yeah, some yeah. form of body filler. Yeah. Bondo does get rubbery. With fuel no. in it, with, you know, impregnated yeah, with fuel. Yeah, contact with fuel, definitely. It's rubbery. I was pushing yeah. my fingernail well, into it. It was like, whoa, whoa. Wow. I pushed my fingernail in and it was like, yeah. Good old you ever go out? Probably right now, you go out there and you put your foot on the ground oh, yeah. and Which water will bubble from around you your foot. Yep. I'm doing this with my fingernail in the And tank. gasoline's coming out. And gasoline's bubbling out. So, okay, I, Got a couple siphon hoses. So it's a pretty big Bondo pile. Drained it. Yeah. And uh, I think somebody just wanted to make it smooth. From you. No, there's a um, small leak, but then a lot of body filler, and it's puddling up behind the body yes, filler like a totally, gas, totally. like a gas bladder. But I yeah. did also find I know the thing has had a squeak, a wicked mean. I think my wife would actually really on the like throttle. That. You get a metal to metal. That's what I would remember. Yeah. 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 Right. yeah, it's that is the left tank's front <laughs> mount. Yeah. Is cracked oh, about stop. halfway through. Oh, sweet Jesus! So, stop. the the lesson behind that is the lesson behind that is when you go to mount up fat bob tanks, dual tanks. Right. Yeah. You cannot. You have to shim them. You can't just put the bolts in and no. draw the tanks no, no, no. up to the mounts. Yeah. You know, you put the top mounts in and you shim the bottom and shim the inside. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think that's what happened. I think well, somebody did not shim them properly. For, <clears throat> that holds true for me. Like, for, like a lot of vintage stuff. Right. Uh, my 59 BMW. Right. I set the tank. Yep. Yeah. I set the, and I had a solo seat. Right. And it originally came with a... Uh, uh, Close enough. You know, oh, long yeah. Seat. <laughs> yeah, long seat. Bench seat. Yeah. But the throw, the, the um, seat, the throw on the seat was right. enough that it made slight contact. Yep. At, at full extension right. with <laughs> the bottom of the tank in yep. the inside room of the tank and it eventually uh, wore it, it, oh, yeah. it eventually broke that seam in that tank yep. and I ended up fixing it and then shimming it up right. and up so that at full <coughs> extension that the seat never contacted yeah, the back well, of the tank well it's real, a really easy thing to remember is 
If you have to use the hardware, the mechanical force of the hardware, to suck two pieces of metal in meeting each other where they should be, yeah. that will eventually crack. They're, they're, motorcycles vibrate. Okay. I don't care what they are. If you're using mechanical force of hardware to pull a circle into a threaded hole, then that will eventually fail. Yep. And it is better to bend it ahead of time. It is better to shim it ahead of time so that your things line up without using the mechanical force of the hardware to pull it in. Because every time I've seen a company or a person that goes, well, these holes out of line aren't out of alignment, but I'm going to muscle this fucker over. I'm going to pull the bolt in. And the bolt will pull it into alignment. It always fails. Yeah. There's, always stress. there's stress on it, and then the age and time of vibration. And that uh, people don't realize how much force is on these things when they're vibrating down the road. And it does. It always creates a problem. So line the stuff up ahead of time. Dry fit it is what they say. If you do a good dry fit and you make sure stuff is lined up where it should be, you won't have a problem. It's much easier to move or adjust a bracket on the front end than it is later on to repair what cracks as a result of it. And we've all, I mean, I've had cracked fuel tanks and oil tanks as a result of that kind of like, oh, this I can totally suck this in with the hardware. No. They got smart in, when did they go to rubber mounting the oil tanks with the little pucks? <coughs> yeah, so. little pucks, <clears throat> yeah. 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 I, think Isolation. Were, I think they were doing that even with the later duo glides. But well, anyway, they got smart and they rubber mounted the A lot of companies did. And the oil there's tank. nothing wrong with oil that. Bag, right, the oil bag. Right, the oil bag, yeah. There's absolutely nothing wrong <laughs> with using rubber mounting to isolate vibration. It's actually pretty fucking genius. The... It's when you are acknowledging that there's vibration, but then you're going, ah, fuck it, metal to metal. And that's usually the problem, you know? Well, we're going to, uh, obviously, the front top ear of the left tank. Yeah, that's going to have to. That's an external thing, and even if it cracked off, I don't think it would leak. So, I mean... Well, and a little shout out, if you do need some artisanal welding, um, you know, Flop from Pittsburgh, Flop Custom. Flop has taken on some pretty heroic weird welding jobs and always come up aces yeah so that That's might be worth he does a fantastic job God, gonna... the fucking guy's a fabricator extraordinaire <clears throat> and... I'm, I'm glad he posts all his that. stuff to like Facebook and yeah. Instagram and all that because yeah. you just get to see all the awesome if work you look he does. at flop customs and look at some of the, the literally <clears throat> fucking weird do you, craftsmanship have you been following this latest project the, the, the model A four cylinder model A he, he's got pictures of the, the thing coming into the shop yeah. as a chassis. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's oh, he's making the floor one yeah. panel at a time. Yeah. He's completely he's, he's just fabricating the, the He's floor. laying on yeah. the chassis with like the steering column, yep, yep. and that was it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, when I saw the way he does a drop, the way he does a chop top, and the amount of work he puts into keeping the lines perfectly straight so that it doesn't look like it's ever been chopped. It looks like it's factory. And the amount of metal work that goes with those complex curves is pretty fucking amazing. Man, I... So, I, I I don't have I patience for it. I just so admire that craftsmanship. Yeah. Like yeah, that, that, pretty, that pretty type rad. of attention to detail and craftsmanship. I'm just, I look at it, I'm like, that's freaking amazing. There's a, but Johnny, make sure <clears> there's <throat> a guy out by my house. I'm probably just going to take the tank too. Yeah. Uh, Frank Mahoney, George. Yeah. Crazy, George. Crazy George. Yeah. Steve, how excited are you? You know what's showing Justin. up on Tuesday? Oh, Four. Right. He's a yeah. welder. He's a welder, yeah. Fuck, I should have brought it. Yeah. Four. I'm excited. I, I can't wait to see one. I'm complete. No, I don't want to ride it. I, well, am I allowed to? Yeah, of course you're allowed to ride it. I'm counting full, on you to rely. Paint and everything. Yeah, done. Um, so Aprilia made a motorcycle <coughs> a few years ago called the Aprilia Mana 850 GT. Now they have ABS, Man, and it's like for some reason people that test it keep putting it in the adventure bike category, and it's totally not. It's a fucking street bike. Oh, it's like a, I would say it's a 
almost like a cross, like a scooter cross. I don't think I mean, so. It's a proper yeah, fucking motorcycle. It's a proper motorcycle, but that one guy that I have so much respect for that worked for Aprilia. Yeah. I don't know if he, I mean I didn't, I can't remember anybody's name, but but uh, when it came out like in 2010 or something, I talked to him. At Dustin. The, yeah. Hey, Dustin. Nice to meet you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is Chris Smith. That's Johnny Crow. And this is Phil Waters. Can't remember anybody's name except you fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> but it was the last time that uh, yeah. Aprilia was at the show. Yeah. That's right. And he had nothing but good things to say about it. And Well, the I'm very excited about it because the it's a seven-speed push-button transmission. And it's got seven distinctly different gear ratios. It can be operated in a sport mode. It can be operated in a fully automatic mode. It can be operated in a fully hairy dog wheelie hooligan mode. Rain mode. No, what do you mean mode? Mode. Right, yeah. What do you mean by seven speed push button? So what it is is if you watch Top Gear, God rest their soul. I know they the, the flappy paddles. <laughs> yes, that's what this yeah. is. So this is a flappy paddle gearbox. <clears throat> so it is a on a motorcycle. Mo- yes. It's a multi-geared transmission, but in place of a clutch as being the variable drive component, mm-hmm. it has a variator and a belt. Okay. So there is still a stack of gears. Now I'm familiar with that. Right. There's still a stack of gears, but in addition to the gears, there is a variator belt and a variator. So the variator belt and variator get you through the ramp up and ramp down of initiating movement with no mechanical clutch plates rubbing against each other. Completely familiar with all of that. Right. So instead of mechanical clutch plates rubbing against each other, it has a variator. Just like every <clears throat> snowmobile ever fucking built, and most of the cars that are out on the road and today cost less than $30,000, right? And lawn tractors and everything else. But it does have seven distinctly different gear ratios. And that's the idea, is that when you put this thing in manual mode or sport mode, that with your thumb, you can plus or minus... Or my favorite thing is with your foot, well, yeah, you because do, it has way, a foot yeah. shifter. So my problem was with like the Bergmans and stuff, where everything was kind of happening via a plus and minus button on the dashboard in a four-speed. This is actually retaining your foot control of selecting. So there is absolute engine braking. Does it have a gear stack, or does it manually oh, set the well, width? Well, it of electronically. The yeah, it's going to have to electronically set yeah. the width of the variator. Mm-hmm. Because there's no gear stack it's shifting into. Yeah, it's just it's just giving you it's giving yeah. you your limits. And I'll post your... in the show notes. I'll post a blown up diagram of how it works. And once you see the way it works, you'll just understand that in a normal motorcycle transmission where there would normally be a clutch pack, clutch pack, there is instead a short belt with a variator in the front and a delta, essentially a delta clutch in the back. Okay, and a that's pick, how it works. Clutch. And people and yes, exactly. And people do routinely get 12, 13, 14,000 miles out of the belt on these things, even when they're trying to kill them. Oh, so I, I think the whole variator transmission is absolutely kind of freaking genius. Yeah. Right. And the, the one head. that I... What's the, up, the one that I rode way back in like 2008 or 2009, <laughs> it impressed me with how, in sport mode, how wheelie prone it was. Like, hey. it would let you fuck up pretty bad. Like, That'll wake you know? And then they just kept making it better and better and better. So we've got four of them coming in on Tuesday, and I'm really fucking jazzed about these things because I think they're really going to be neat. Hey, racket I, man! I mean, the people in the motorcycle industry. Incoming! Incoming! Ready? Yeah, here we go. Oh yeah, and <laughs> right off the I mobile. I saw no ga- sparks. Off the mobile gas, Pegasus. Hit him in the ass. All right, yeah. 
Oh, foul tip. You guys both need rackets. Oh, get that one. For your visual, uh, for your visual terms, you Johnny it. Chrome is batting Bastard. with the Harbor Freight Electrified Fly Swatter. Yes, which and is not a sex toy. Evening. And pitcher for the Indians oh. is Chris Smith. <laughs> he's drilling him up the middle. He, is, there, he did. <laughs> he's head hunting at that he's, point. Yeah, he's absolutely he's, going right after it. He's he's teamed in on this one, baby. Oh, look at that. <laughs> All right, Getting new close. pitcher. Yeah. <laughs> Getting close to my driving me off the mound here. <laughs> yeah, the. Uh, so and, that's fl- a, and that's our sports uh, yeah. portion of the broadcast. That's tonight. the closest thing we get to sports ball around here. Yeah. The, uh, squirt. But I'm pretty excited about the idea good. of having those bikes around. I think they're really, really cool. Think they're very good pinch runner. Ride. <laughs> yeah. I'm just a great pincher. Offer. Right. That's one of the one, one of my dream bikes. So. Yeah. I think it's going to be cool. I've got the. Uh, today I took the 1200. We had this Moto Guzzi 1200 that somebody shot a lightning bolt up its ass sideways. And. Uh, the best way that I can describe this is if your motorcycle is fuel injected, <coughs> if your motorcycle has what is called a computer, you are not supposed to bump start your motorcycle. It's the same one? No, no. Well, yeah, in the back of the truck today, but we'll get, we'll circle back. Settle down. Steve. So, yeah. So this particular owner had uh, experienced an electrical problem that in retrospect he had caused uh, and then decided to solve the electrical problem not by admitting defeat and looking at the three red warning lights on the dashboard that said, you may have fucked up. Seek professional help. <laughs> and he went, fuck that. I are a human. Fuck that, I'm going to the forum boards. Right, no, he didn't do that. No. Nope. I will go to the interwebs. Nope, he did no such thing. He said, motorcycle's not starting. Motorcycles not starting through jump starting <laughs> off of a diesel truck or what have you. He went to ask.com. He did none of the above. He did how, none how of the to above. Com. Gets, the, gets the welder out. <laughs> you know what I do when my computer's not working? When my computer's not working. Go to the magazine. You call me. I call Dustin. <laughs> I don't hook a power drill up to the hard drive and spin it up. <laughs> I just fall back on my magazine collection. Exactly, right. There's more than one ways to skin a cat. That's right. But this particular person said, fuck that, man. I'm going to bump start this bitch. So bump starting is reserved for things of a primitive nature. If your vehicle has a computer in it, you probably shouldn't be bump starting it. Because bump starting it is putting electricity in the wrong way. Right? Electricity is supposed to flow like a river. From the source, a.k.a. the battery, through the regulation device, a.k.a. the computer and or voltage regulator, etc., into the control devices, which are the buttons that do things to the computer, eventually to the starting system and the fuel injector and coils. That you should bring it in at a low voltage. So you'd that's right. Putting the amperage way high on Thank you. Start yes. To bump. <clears throat> well, this motherfucker decided to bump start a modern fuel-injected Electronic ignition, computerized that just blows my bike. mind. And he bump started it. Why and you would bump start a fuel injected vehicle? <laughs> yep. Well, he did, he and <clears throat> he proved that he could, in fact, damage a vehicle that was doing everything it could to protect itself. I mean, it literally had locked him out of the equation. It had said, "Sir, I will not let you fuck me over like this." And he said, "Oh no, I can fuck you over. <laughs> I can find a way to fuck you over because the internet is vast." No, he was nowhere near the internet. This was pure caveman hit with stick. 
You know, <laughs> this was as analog as Fire. we've ever gotten. Right. Mm-hmm. This was I have gravity. I have people who can push me. I'm going to bump start this bitch. Well, Steve knows what he had to do to fix it. And these things, the things that were wrong with it, were not catastrophically wrong with it. They were tiny little electrical circuits that were not doing what they should be doing anymore because they had a lightning bolt shoved at them. The wrong direction. Yeah, the grunt, uh, it, evidently, from what I, and I'm no goosey mechanic. You don't have to be in this case. But, uh, yeah. But, uh, they, they leave uh, voltage on both terminals, right. and when uh, when you go to start that bike, right. it drops the ter- it drops the one terminal down to a ground, and to so ground. that the flow uh, it, it activates the starter. It activates the starter it, circuit. Then right. it sees that the starter's running. That's right. And then it and then, then it, it shuts off shuts the, starter the starter because you don't need the starter to be running once the motor's running. But yeah. what happened was that he just blew that entire ground out of it. <laughs> because the ground is made of wire. And all wire, it can be a fuse. Provided you put enough electricity at it. Any piece oh, yeah, of wire... wire has continuity. Correct. And will... And will explode. eventually fail <clears throat> to protect other important components. That's why wire is not as thick as railroad track. You know? And the wire is as thick as it well, needs that would to be. your bike too heavy. Well, of course it would. But in this particular owner's situation, he thought, well, gee, I'm just going to push electricity at it and see what happens. And it did start, and it did make it back to the campsite one time. So I give that bike a lot of credit <laughs> for hero- heroism, because it sacrificed its life to get him back to the rally site. It probably made it back in what they call limp-back mode. Well, I don't know if it was in limp mode. I'm pretty sure it was in just, oh my fucking god, just get this asshole off yeah. me. <laughs> you should get him a custom plate. It was probably in the... <laughs> yes. it, was, it was probably in the, oh my god, I hope he's driving to the mechanic right now Right. <laughs> yes. And so Steve fixed it. And so now that Steve fixed it, and Steve did fix the fuck out of it. And uh, we also added a... a starter relay an additional starter relay to mo- make the starting circuit more robust and the uh did you I've, ever wonder what else that might fuck up no that's legit that's been proven out okay like that's a solid yeah, that, fix that a direct feed we call it this we test. call it the startus interruptus bypass you know <laughs> and uh, it works it's proven and it does a good job or the idiot switch well it's just more of a like giving it a little more enthusiasm, but not enough to make fire come out or smoke leave magic boxes. That's what I love about my 350 is I can bump start that thing as oh, often as I want right. to. I, can, I sometimes don't even kickstart it when I leave no, my house. I, just, I run down my driveway and I drop it in it's gear. It's a primitive vehicle. <laughs> there, was start. there was nothing wrong with crank yeah. starting your Model A. There yeah. was nothing wrong with bump starting your 66 Volkswagen. Every time I ride with right. uh, Jeremy Darby, yeah. oh, God, he laughs his ass off if I stall that and I have to bump start it right. at a stoplight. Yeah. It, like, every time we get to the next stoplight, he's like, it kills me every time you do that. That's so fucking hilarious. Yes, it is. <laughs> and But modern fuel-injected motorcycles are really not engineered to be bump started. That's not part of the... And he, as the customer said, well, it doesn't say anywhere in the manual not to bump start it. And I'm like, it also doesn't say to fill the fuel injector with peanut butter we just know that you don't do that you know it looked hungry right that is not right yeah peanut butter bump starting might not be bad for it every now and then it doesn't say to fill your gas tank full of ethanol you know it like there's just things that you don't do because they're bad ideas on modern vehicles i do like that bike well i I got to ride it today so um i've been trying to i've been trying to instill a sense of confidence in this owner who has now lost confidence because of what he's had to go through, you know, 
And I'm trying what, to tell him. Being an asshole with his motorcycle? Well, and Come I'm on. trying to tell him, don't blame the bike. When you point at the bike, three fingers are pointing back at you. So, look, man, I've been riding this bike around, <laughs> and I love this bike. Don't blame the player. Blame no, the game. Blame yeah. the game, man. And so today I decided to take it out on the on a good, proper shakedown. So I rode it for about 20 minutes in stop-and-go city traffic. Came back, checked the charging system, was totally where it should be, 13 and a half volts, rock solid. And then I decided to Jealous. point it towards Porco. <laughs> yeah. I pointed it towards Porco and just held the speedometer at 125. Wow. And that thing is heavenly. It is like a Gritzo, but less violent. It is like... <coughs> it's got a more upright riding It's position. a much better riding position. The suspension is less, you know, aggressive. And the the thing handles so good. How do good. you not get pulled over by police more often? No, I... <laughs> You're, you're like the most. You're, you're like the most like above 120 mile rider I know. I believe in testing things now. I don't go 150. I don't. I don't abuse the privilege. I. I. You know. I mean, do you, do you, do you even realize like maybe you pass police and they're just like fuck it, I can't get them. Well, there's a certain amount of that. I have done that in the past, but more importantly, I drive the same road all the time. I know where the police find it convenient to be. And usually where I'm going to be going fast is where the police wouldn't find it so convenient to be. And unless I do happen to pass one, or if there's an airplane, I always am cautious about airplanes. Except yeah. yeah. for that stupid bump at Columbia. Oh my god, yeah, that, no, that one that sucks. Jesus Christ. You airplane. catch air off that. I've got to remember that. That Columbia bump, and they Get to the out. left. They yeah. Sm- yeah, you got to get to the left. No. I, the, I disagree. The middle, right. You need to the be middle, middle better? right. I thought the left was the, the best. No, the right is bad too. Yes, the middle, is the, the, like, middle is the middle is the best. The middle is the middle the best. I thought yeah. the left yeah, was at a hundred. Like on most motorcycles, at a hundred. I've only hit it about 70, 80. Yeah. So at most, you on, barely felt it. Yeah, on most, so. like on most good quality <clears throat> motorcycles, <laughs> at a hundred miles an hour, you will catch a little bit of air. Like on most motorcycles. And I've had other bikes where at 100 miles an hour I'm fully involved in air, you know, acrobatics yeah, at that point. The suspension is also fully compressed. Right. It is. And point, the so. way the bump is is it's very dangerous because it does compress your suspension completely and then it unloads it. Oh, do, so it does give you the maximum lift. Does it, anyone remember the shoreway speed bump right before yeah, the bridge? Before the bridge, yeah. The shoreway <gasps> speed bump. It was a dirt bike ramp. That was <laughs> that was and going into a curve. Yeah, going into a curve. Was a into a curve. Yeah. It was a dirt bike ramp going yeah. into a curve. Yeah, I hit and that. In your car, it was like boom. You're like, whoa, that yeah. sucked. On yeah. on a scooter, like I yeah. would hit that. I'm like, no, it was a tail whip. Yeah, yeah, it was like a woo. It was a pure tail whip. <laughs> it was a knack knack on your best day. Mm. And the, uh, like, that's one of the ones, the Columbia bump is notorious. It's gone now, by the way, though. What's that? It's gone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the Columbia bump, they, Mm -hmm. the Columbia bump, they've tried to smooth out. So you can see the repair. The repair is about 100 yards long. But it's still a bump. But it's nowhere. The good near thing by those you can used to see it. You can yeah. see it. It's a different color. Yeah. But they tried to repair it before, and it was like <laughs> yeah. this one. Yeah, it was a joke. Yeah. It was totally anything. a joke. Yeah, they didn't do a damn thing with it. The, see, in uh, Cleveland, if you have a bump, yeah, they turn it into a huge divot. Oh yeah. Or yeah. if they have a divot, they turn it into a huge bump, and that's right. how they fix things. That's how they fix it. Yeah. When we were coming down to uh, Prosperity for the yeah the thing two weeks ago, yeah, I was going down with my buddy Adam from work, and I saw him aggressively. Cut to the right yeah. to miss something. So I'm like, all right, I know I have to miss something. So right. I, I went to the left because there was no car coming. Right. And there was like a sinkhole. <laughs> st- still all perfect pavement. Yeah. Like yeah. it wasn't like, oh, gravel. Yeah. 
It was yeah. just this perfect pavement yeah. sinkhole, probably about a foot into the ground. Yeah. So like, just, if I would have hit that, was, I would have dirt bike jumped way yeah, high, even at like thirty five miles an hour. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was crazy. A asphalt kiddie pool. Uh, it was going down so was going into down Tremont. Yeah. And they, uh, they repaired. There was a, a yeah. pothole was big, like a couple years ago. Yeah. So, so they repaired it by turning, putting a brick in it, what? turning it sideways, yeah. and paving over the brick. So the brick, the sharp edge knife of the edged. brick was like this. Yeah, a knife edge. It was edge. sticking up. Wow. And ah. I was I was coming down on my C70. Yeah. There was a car <coughs> in the one next to yeah. me. Yeah. And some biker was riding down the yellow line. I couldn't get out of the way. Yeah. It, it put a smile on both my rims. Oh. oh. Both my rims looked Man. like Man. Okay. Nah. Who's oh, hit wow. a loose pothole? What's that? Or who's hit a loose manhole cover? A loose manhole cover? Oh. I don't I, think I've, I've ever... One. I haven't really... I've gone into ones that weren't there. Oh, <laughs> shit. Yeah. You beat me. That's what yeah. this is from. <laughs> I, I, I got a loose one on the yeah. buddy. Yeah. From with 10-inch wheels. And it, dun, dun. Yeah, it went in. It teeter-tottered. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, it launched you. Yeah. It bucked my ass out, yeah. but I didn't lose the bike. Yeah, but on, on a I've uh, never rode over a manhole before or after that. So Emmy hit a 10-inch... A 10-inch <coughs> plate, a 10-inch inspection plate, sewage plate, and it was gone. It just wasn't there. And she was leaned over in a turn when she hit it and low-sided the bike. And uh, so the bike did oh, the... Was, uh, it, was that the Gucci? Yeah, yeah. The bike oh. did the woo-woo-woo in the road. And she did, like, perfect, like, you know, just fell to her right ass cheek and just, like, you know, she handled it like a pro. And she got over to the bike before the uh, tip-over sensor shut the motor off. So she rescued the bike and got it upright again before the tip-over sensor could shut the, the bike off. So it was like the purest ninja move. I <clears> saw <throat> it happen in the rearview mirror. I saw the bike go down. I saw her hit the ground. I saw the bike do two spins on its uh, pegs. And it did whoop-de-whoop. She grabbed it, had it upright again, and it was still running by the time I turned around. And I was just like, okay, let's get this entire menagerie off the fucking street before the police show up and truly fuck shit up. Because right now, we're in control. The minute the police show up, we're no longer in control. And, like, right now, this isn't a crash. This is a spectacle. (laughs) (laughs) This is a whoops. This is a whoops moment (coughs) that we've all recovered from. Let's simply move back into my parking lot and do take two. And now everybody missed the hole. (laughs) Like, the hole is there. We all know it's there now. It's not supposed to be there. But we can all acknowledge it's there. So somebody jam a four-foot-long stick in it. And let's move along with our adventure. Because, yeah, there are crashes, but then there are also just, like, mishaps. You know? And there's a difference between there's a crash a and a mishap. Yeah. Yeah, like the stop sign at the end of my street, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Is that a mishap? That was a mishap. That was totally a mishap. <laughs> that was that was uh, gravity. The fact that it was a mishap that went down <laughs> to a different level. That just went over there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dustin was finding things that were put in the dirt 180 years ago that the rest of the city had grown up around. <laughs> well, it, uh, this past week it all grew out of the ground <laughs> with the water, so mm-hmm. <clears throat> we'll find new things next year. There, I'll crash a new bike for you. Yeah. Just watch the sparks. <clears throat> yeah, I, yeah. I saw some sparking going on. I, I, some arky die. Oh, motherfucker hey. die. Wow. This, uh, <laughs> we really went that far. Cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah look at that. This... Uh, <clears throat> This week I had some really good fun when I discovered that the 1996 Honda VT1100C has but four gears. Yes. Well, that seems odd. 
because I just worked on a bike that was a 1995 ACE that had five gears. So I, really wide gears. They <laughs> are. And so my initial response was to be like, this bike, and I mean, the Vulcan 2000, the 2000cc Vulcan has four gears, but Jesus fucking Christ. I mean, it's 2000cc. It's a VT800. Right, right. So the VT1100C, that purple and white bike, Mm -hmm. it has four gears, but it turns out they're the perfect four gears. Because once I found it had four gears, I then went into, um, you know, testing mode. So once I was like, it only has four gears. Let's find a problem with this. You know that's a Honda Dyna, right? What's that? That's a Honda Dynaglide. Yeah, right. Basically, it's it's a Honda Dynaglide. The best copy ever. It is truly (coughs) the greatest copy of a Dynaglide ever. I was running at well over 100 miles per hour. In the fourth, the fourth no, year. Not you. No, not Phil. It's just for testing. We're just testing that bike. It does not fucking need a fifth gear. The speedometer goes to one twenty-five. It does not have a tack. And then on the speedometer, I hate not having a tack. No, it doesn't matter. The DRZ doesn't have a tack. Yes. I hate it. There's the hieroglyphics that show you what range through these. Like, I gotta get the, the use of artistic ramps. That has the tack. The artistic use of lines. Tells you like an old Honda CT70 or whatever, like what gear you're supposed to be in. Like the recommended spread of gears. I discovered through testing that one, over 100 miles an hour on a four speed with that particular 1100 motor means nothing. It's totally happy there and it does everything great. But you can hold first gear to 60. First gear up to 60. Man. 60. Oh. Don't throw bottle caps over my I garage. I couldn't believe it. I have to clean that shit. How Maybe the... they have a two-pin crank. <laughs> yes. How the hell? And you know what? It it doesn't have like a real rev limiter. It just has like a, a point of engineering development. No, it's like a it's like a, somebody out of shape running. Yes. It can only <laughs> run so <laughs> 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 Yeah, I tried it. I was like, okay, 45 in first gear. Then I did second gear. It starts dropping every the spark. It's like, uh, uh, Second uh, gear to, yeah. Second gear to 80, no problem. So I was like, well, second gear to 80 is pretty impressive. Foul tip. Second gear to 80 is really impressive at any motorcycle. But first gear, gently creeping up on it, I got 60 miles an hour. First fucking gear. I like the way That's you pick up the car. Crazy. I was surprised that with the, like yeah. the, chair, with the gearing I have on the DRZ yeah. right now with right. a 38 yeah. tooth rear sprocket, yeah. I can hit 50 in first gear. Yeah, it's ah. crazy. Yeah, It's insane. It is insane. I want to put the 40, I'm thinking I'm going to put the 44 on. Oh, just so you can do wheelies. Yeah. <laughs> you know what, dude? You and I, we have to go out for wheelie practice. Sometimes. Oh, no. I have said I will no longer. I am no longer teaching people how to do wheelies because when you teach people how to do wheelies, you create a monster. I because, want to. I want to be a monster. No, you can go to a class for that. They 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 have a class at uh, freaking Nelson's Ledges and they have a class at Mid Ohio oh, to teach you how to do wheelies. They, they have safely. a class at Band Camp for Christ's sake. Yeah, I'm right. Not, yeah, that's true. But XL five. I'll just find like a six fifty. I'll find an yeah, open pasture somewhere. Twelve hundred yeah. Bandit. <laughs> Twelve hundred Bandit might be the perfect wheelie bike ever. I have figured uh, out the gear ratio between yeah. uh, with a thirty eight tooth sprocket on there. Yeah. I've found out all the really comfortable spots oh, on there that, for good speed. That it's Yamaha really XT225? Nice. Mm-hmm. That Yamaha XT225 I had, that thing was an awesome wheelie bike. It would pull first, second, and, and half a third command, controllable, 
wheelies. It didn't do the now, real... Are you, doing, are you doing power up or clutch up? Depends. Uh, you know, there. It depends on how fast you want to go. If you just want to do a spectacle wheelie, then a clutch wheelie comes on so much faster. And as long as you're not violent about it... Yeah, clutch, I mean, you got to do about five wheelie, grand, pop it up. Yeah, clutch wheelies are very... They're instantaneous and they're predictable. The problem with... I've been trying to clutch them up on that and it's just not coming oh, up. Oh, I did it on that bike. It was so fucking easy. But a power wheelie... Well, I'm not as experienced <laughs> yeah. as you are. Yeah, that bike was Don't all about... I, I could, I could probably pogo the front end to get it up. But also doing 100 miles an hour. Oh, <laughs> no, I was, man. So. Probably, yeah. Now, clutch we like, watched them. We were over We were over there at yeah. uh, close quarters. Yeah. The clutch wheelies are a little... With the clutch <clears> wheelies, you got to remember that it is your clutch, so you want to go easy on it. You're not trying to do any destructive you know, things. But with a clutch wheelie, if you balance it out right, the nice thing about a clutch wheelie is the front end comes up so fast. So as long as you can get it to the carrying point, you get it to the carrying point, the clutch is completely engaged, and then you just ride the carrying point. And the nice thing about a clutch wheelie is you don't need to plan ahead a lot. You can put a clutch wheelie up at any moment. Whereas if you're going to do a power wheelie, you do want to... Unload the front end, drop the front end, and load, and then you know give it the beans so you can carry the front end. Well, at that point, you've committed a lot of torque to the package, and realistically, if you don't have a good you know clear road ahead of you or impact zone or whatever you want to call it, you can be going a little faster than you might want to go. And why I like clutch wheelies is I can do clutch wheelies at like four miles an hour, so I can pick the front end up in a clutch wheelie at, at, with a lot of different motorcycles that don't have tremendous torque. Right here, what jam it to about five grand and dump you the know clutch. pull yeah yeah pull you know just give it you know and don't go too much because obviously when a clutch wheelie does come up it comes up pretty violently so see so yeah, the thing wanna, is the bike doesn't have attack you don't so want to no nah, you don't need that you can hear it yeah I know I'm trying to yeah they're fine but I really do like clutch wheelies are fun for low displacement <clears> bikes that are revy because they do give you a very rewarding <laughs> vertical wheelie but yeah. <laughs> No fire. What's that? No fire. Yeah, I don't know where it went. We'll find. I'll find fire. No, I'm not gonna light it. I am not gonna light my cigarette on a bug zapper. No, I got fire. I got fire right here. I found it. It was in my other pocket. Yeah. You steal my letter, did you? No, no, no. It's yellow. It's making sure. Yeah. The, uh, but so well, I gotta learn clutch wheelies then, because well, I mean, there's. there's I, I, yeah. I, I can honestly say I haven't tried that yeah. hard. Well, that because I haven't had a safe area to work on that them. XT350. Uh, one day I brought it over to the shop on a Monday, and James was there working at the shop, and I was just like, well, you know, I was bored, and I didn't have anything better to do, and the parking lot was empty. So I just was out in the parking lot for like 45 minutes doing power wheelies and clutch wheelies on the XT, <clears throat> and I was like, God, this bike is so much fun to wheelie, because it is just a fucking marshmallow. So when it is it, a complete marshmallow. Yeah, it is a marshmallow. It is an absolute so marshmallow. when the front end lands, it's just like, I'm going down. <laughs> it's like... It's like <laughs> yeah. And you can carry... It's, it's like that, yeah. that scene in The Big Lebowski where he goes into the hallucination. Mm -hmm. And it's just like... And the funny thing about it is, like, every different motorcycle has a different transfer point, like a carry point for the wheelie. And, like, on sport bikes, they can be very small and abrupt, you know, depending on the bike. But... On that XT, the transfer point is like 40 degrees. And so <coughs> you can throttle control the wheelie on that thing. And I did I did out of the parking lot. James was watching me, and I rode it out of the end of the parking lot. I made the left-hand turn on the Matthews and rode up Matthew, Matthews on the rear tire. Because you can unicycle that fucking bike. I mean, it's like it's that 350 four-stroke is very predictable in its torque delivery. 
And so I was able to walk it back. And I swear to God, that thing had a wheelie carry point, like a transition point of about like 24 inches. <laughs> so you didn't even need to be good at it. So, I mean, do you carry your, your, your point with the rear brake? Mm-hmm. You just brake and throttle, yeah. Carry your... Well, violent changes rear brake, yeah. subtle changes throttle. And uh, if you ever want to do, if anybody who's listening to this wants to really learn how to do wheelies no, proficiently, <laughs> borrow, borrow somebody's quad. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because if you borrow a quad, you can wheelie a quad and then... Did you become Canadian? What? Borrow. You just said borrow. Sorry. 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 Oh, that's right. You were at band camp. Sorry. I have a northern accent. It's just what I was born with. <laughs> you were at band camp. There was a lot of Canadians I, I there. Have a pro- I understand. We're going to work on this project around the house. I'm sorry about the delay, and you can okay. borrow my knife anytime you can want. Can I borrow your boot? Nope, no, the boot stays in the the boot stays in the dock where it belongs. But you said I could borrow the boot to take my daughter out on the lake. Sorry, but the it's quads. Okay, but I'll bring you two for the quads. Yeah, <laughs> the quads work really good for yeah, learning how to wheelie. Guys, a quad is the right way to do it. You don't need to worry about steering it. You just can worry about the transfer point. Mm-hmm. Worry about the balance point. And you know, years ago, I took a class on uh, a wheeling class, and the wheeling class I took used a bunch of just clapped. Out 600 sport bikes, you know, and they were all out there. Yeah, I got one. Right, and that's like perfect. <laughs> yeah. And they had, I should just take that out and yeah. practice. Yeah. And, and they, they had, had the like, they had some uh, wheelie bars on the back of them and everything, and it was like these things were set up to wheelie. And as much fun as everybody was having on those, I had way more fun on the quad because you just wheelie the quad and you get the quad to the transfer point. And you're <clears> like, you can just park it in a wheelie. You just like roll up it real slow. Oh, you get two wheels in the yeah. back. Yeah. Well, it doesn't lean left or solid. right. You can't fall. But uh, <clears throat> wheeling scooters is how I learned how to wheelie. Was wheeling two-stroke Vespas because wheeling a two-stroke Vespa, you don't have any torque at all. The motors of the back, the front end super light. You have no torque. The motors of the back and on the side. Right. Uh, which, that doesn't matter when it's running. It has gyroscopic motion. It holds itself pretty straight. So that that would be yeah. a clutch. Yeah, wheel. those are clutch so wheels. Yeah, clutch yeah, wheels. yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you can do a... I learned how to do clutch wheelies on a Vespa from, like, literally two miles an hour. You just get the thing up and then just feed it throttle. And, you know, that's fun. I, I My favorite thing is really impossibly slow wheelies. I like fucking walking speed slow wheelies. Is, but I never <laughs> am committed enough to, like, take the air out of the tire and do it right. Because I'm always just like, oh, look, there's a bike there and I've had a few drinks. Let's do some wheelies. And the buddies... I love buddy wheelies because the buddy... I've done a couple of buddy wheelies. Yeah, the buddy wheelies are so yeah. fun because, like, ironically, it's a bounce power wheelie because you don't have it's a clutch. A, yeah, you have no clutch, yeah, so you have bounce, to, like... It's a bounce b- power bounce wheelie. Bounce the front end and jack it. And then you, you jack it and you just keep feeding it power and <clears> the buddy will carry the front wheel, like, 75 feet. And then once you get it up to the transfer point, like, God, man, the buddies are just, like, a really fun bike to wheelie. The problem is... They are not directional at all. So, like, whatever direction yeah. it's headed into, that's your yaw. Like, that is your arc. You're gonna be. I, I never, to that. I never got into the transfer yeah. point, but I got the front. I got the front end off, and I got a, probably about twenty feet I can of wheelie steer, out of it. Uh, our buddy uh, <coughs> Keith Royer from San Diego, we used to call him Wheelie King Keith because he could wheelie anything, and he would just show up and be like, "Hey, I want to, I want to wheelie somebody's bike," and you could just hand him a bike, <laughs> and it could be a one twenty five or whatever. And he would wheelie a Vespa around parked cars. Like, he would wheelie a Vespa in any way you wanted him to wheelie it. But he has that gene. He has that genetic trick where he's always been an amazing wheelie artist. I I had a neighbor uh, named Steve Schaefer Mm -hmm. that was the same guy. 
He could wheelie any bicycle, right. any motorcycle, any. I mean, if it if it had two wheels, he right. could wheel it. Yeah, he he would take the most impossible looking ten speed mountain yeah. bicycle yeah. and just wheelie the fuck. Well, out that's of how it I grew up. Anywhere I, he wanted. Yeah, to. in my that's, neighborhood, that's how <clears> I grew up. I had a Sears All Pro twenty yeah. inch bicycle, and with with you know banana seat and eight hanger bars on it, and I got really good at wheelie in that yep. thing and. No, he took he took like my dad had this shitty ten speed bicycle <laughs> and he could that, wheelie the hell out that of was it. impossible to wheelie. Yeah, and Steve was like, "No, I can do it. I can wheelie." And yeah, he yeah. got on it and boop, got yeah. the front end up and yeah. just wheelied it, and yeah. and it was like effortless. Yeah, I could, like he could go anywhere on it. Yeah, just on one wheel, like oh, where do you want me to go? We had a hard time wheeling our bikes because we used to cut forks <coughs> off other bikes. Oh yeah, yeah, you make have, banana forks. Yeah, we yeah, yeah. Three, three or four sets yeah. of forks. <laughs> Yeah, the choppers. Yeah, yep. three or four <laughs> sets of forks and, and a wheel off a ten-inch fall off. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're to we're to buck sixteen, gang. All right. Well, on that, what more can we say? Uh, the, it's been two weeks. We're sorry. The Facebook page is up. So the Middle Ohio Challenge, all the details you need about the Middle Ohio Challenge are up on the Facebook page. You can get that through the Cleveland Moto Facebook page if you want to go there. Rusty Bucket. The Rusty Bucket is uh, up now. We're probably going to be running the Rusty Bucket backwards. We. I've, I've definitely looked at the map everywhere I can look at it, and I think Cleveland to Portsmouth to Marietta to Cleveland is the right way to run that race. Um, remember that the bikes have to be $500. It's going to be in the second weekend in October. How are we going to prove this $500? It's purely the bullshit rule. The bullshit rule is just, you're going to bring us a bike, and, you know... Are we going to have a ringer vote? Well, yeah, I think there somewhere, should be. Somewhere mid-class, should there be a... If somebody, <clears throat> yeah. if somebody's kicking ass on this and we yeah. think they got a ringer... Well, I think that <clears throat> I think that the ringers are going to... Like they do at 24 hours long. I agree. I think yeah. the ringer rule or the, the curse, the people's curse, uh, I think that is going to be self-evident. And I do think that we should have the $1,000 challenge. And the $1,000 challenge is if I think your bike is too good, I'm going to offer you $1,000 <clears> for it. If you don't take me up on the deal... Then you're fucking disqualified. That's the ringer rule. That's the ringer All rule. Right. That's it. And uh, and then how do we destroy it? Ah, ah, ah. No. Well, no. No. No destruction. No destroy it? You get the title. Oh. It's yours. Hey, man. You might have just got a $2,500 bike for a grand. I'm not going to let you destroy it. Well, that's how they do 24 hours of lemons. I know, but this yeah. is more about the spirit of the fun, and it's about that. We're not going to destroy a bike. All right. I, All right. No, I okay. I All like right. that way. That sounds yeah. cool. That sounds good. But I'm really excited about it because I think that that whole idea and those roads down there, we're going to be getting you on the triple nickel. We're going to be making sure that you're on some fun roads. Uh, I've been looking at some <coughs> different maps, and there's some really great riding to be had down there. So we can we can really have a good time with it. So question, was the uh, the full buy-in on the bike, like the full build of the bike, no, I $500, want the... or was you have to buy a $500 bike? And ride the run. You have to buy a five hundred dollar bike. But how much money can you put into it? Whatever you no, want to. Bucks. Here's the rule. So I've got my two hundred dollar bike right there. Okay. So here's the point. The point is really simple. The bike should be a five hundred dollar motorcycle. Mm-hmm. If you add five hundred dollars to it, making it safe with tires and brakes and tubes and batteries, I did. I did. I did. Right. Then that's fine. Don't exceed. Anything that you wouldn't be willing to sell for a thousand dollars. Okay. If you violate the thousand dollar limit, you are doing so at your own peril. You may have that bike challenged. So if you start with a five hundred dollar bike and do a three thousand dollar restoration on it, you're stupid. 
Because what if somebody decides they want to buy it from you for $1,000? Would you sell it for $1,000? I'm going to have $1,000 with a JB weld in mine. <laughs> <laughs> so I can ride my, my 350. You're a quarter again. Awesome. I have no problem with that. I've got my bike. Are you willing? <clears throat> Hold on. Are you sell for $1,000? Right. If, if someone will give me it. There you go. That's the only I'll bring, rule. I'll bring the title. Right. The only rule is if you're willing to sell it for $1,000, congratulations, you're operating within the spirit of the event. And I will and tell everyone listening to this podcast that the bike is worth every fucking dollar. It is dollar worth every of penny that. of that. It's worth way more. But shut up. Challenges. Like, shut to, up. To give you an idea, I have been watching every time we huck a set of tires off a bike at the shop, I'm looking at them going, yep, those oh, will fit on the Magna. <laughs> <laughs> those will fit on the Shadow, rather. And I just think that's the perfect Rusty Buster. Oh, well, that's the idea. Challenge bike. It's a good challenge bike. It's got the look for it. Right. It's got the setup for it's it. It's the right setup. And I, I right. paid $200 for that motorcycle. Right. And that's so. why it's a good Rusty Buckeye bike. Yeah. And the, I'm, uh, I'm in. Yeah. And it's. I might miss the Mid Ohio Challenge. I'm sorry. Well, the Mid Ohio Challenge. For, I will right. be there for the Rusty Buckeye. What is that? The Mid Ohio Challenge? Uh, that's July. <laughs> Hold on. Wait for it. July 10th. Is that? It's yeah. The, it's the it's following. Like a, it's the it's following like two weekend. Weeks. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's the. Uh, mm. That is the July, uh, Mid Ohio AMA Vintage Days at Mid Ohio. Better dig into the cookie jar for that one. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I might miss that one because of my fucking your basement. Uh, my basement. Yeah. My my <laughs> my mid Avon Lake basement challenge. It's not a mid Avon. It's not a basement. It's a twenty four by forty swimming pool in your basement. No, it's a holding tank. It's a holding <laughs> tank. You know what? It's, it's a reservoir. A quite honestly, people in California would love to have that much water. To 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 be honest, if I could just build a swimming pool in my basement, and you already have like you're a hot, already there. Have a hot tub on the side, right? And just. Fucking be done with this right. flooding shit. Yeah, right. I mean, let me. Why get not? Right. No stroke with the corn. Because you could, <laughs> you could warm that throughout the winter. You get it. We could, we could be doing the podcast Man. in a pool. When I put my footer tiles, how in cool last would that time, be? I put a one-way flapper valve <clears throat> at the end of the system because I wanted to make sure the only thing in my basement was stuff that came off of my roof, and that's what I got. You know, my basement is usually just my own water that comes off my roof and your own poop. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. Shane yeah. yeah. have the flapper valve. I think we have that because we didn't yeah. get poop. So Yeah. I, I was very careful to make sure we put a flapper valve in there. So, you know, but holy crapper at 121. Let's rock. Yeah, this there we out. go. All right, guys. Well on that, remember, as usual, we want you to <laughs> <laughs> before the before the bottle caps get too fast and furious around here. Why don't you remember to drive fast and take chances? Bum bum. Let's do a let's do a very mellow version. Christmas solo. No, no. And John's playing the electric fly swatter. That's how we. That's how we roll here.